We are here, we make change to your life in every way We expand on your mind, so you're never the same The Upgraders The Upgraders Hi, this is Dexter and Tanya Scott and welcome to The Upgraders Show We believe your life deserves an upgrade Let's live our best lives now Hello champions, this is Rick, your wealth coach, and I'm so excited about seeing your face in a place that's right coming up in our next Financial IQ Challenge where your money will learn how to grow fast, furiously, and forever. Your trust will be simple, safe, and sound, and you will have a legal, lawful, lasting legacy. I look forward to seeing your face in a place that's right at our next Financial IQ Challenge at FinancialIQChallenge.com. That's right, register at FinancialIQChallenge.com and let your legacy begin. Hey guys, what's up? Dexter here, one half of the Upgraders. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. Listen, before we get into our special guests, what I'd like to do is to ask you guys to please subscribe to our channel on Apple, Upgrade Your Life. Tanya and I would love to get your comments, get your subscription, and just have you a part of our community. So the gentleman that I'm about to bring up to you guys, I'm telling you right now, he's, he's an amazing guy. He's, he's very endearing to me. Uh, because of the things that he's taught me. And one thing that's absolutely sure is by the end of this broadcast, you're going to have your wisdom is going to be turned up a little. Simply because what this gentleman brings is just absolutely amazing. We've been knowing one another for probably about four or five years, I would say. And since then, it's been nothing but incredible knowledge. And I like to say, this guy can sing. I don't know if he's going to sing on the broadcast, but you're getting ready to find out. Maybe he'll give us some tunes. Maybe he won't, but he's going to drop some knowledge on you. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Mr. Rick Williams. Rick, how are you, sir? I'm doing phenomenal, Dexter. Top of the afternoon to you, my wonderful friend. How are you, my brother? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing well, and I'm even better because I have you on the show. How about that? Yeah, I, feel, <laughs> I feel the same way, brother. Love the ground you walk on, you and your beautiful wife, man. It's a pleasure to know you, and it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So look, let's get right into it. Rick, man, I, you know, one of the things that you do, well, well, let me let me just actually list a few. You're not only an amazing singer, you produce plays, you are a wealth coach, you are a biblical teacher. I've never heard anyone that's able to roll through entire chapters in the Bible like you. I mean, and that's just probably a, a small list of things that you do. But I'd like for you to just talk to the audience, those of those that are listening to us or watching us. Tell the people, who's Rick Williams? I know you, but they don't know you. Tell it, tell us. <laughs> well, first of all, I appreciate our intimate relationship that we have because you're yes, part sir. of our inner circle. Yes, sir. So we talk and we discuss um, life matters and money matters um, weekly. And we've been doing so for going on two years now, you and I have. So my, my relationship with you is different from most people that I know because it's a very personal relationship. Yes, sir. So I just want to say, first of all, that I love you and I love your wife and that I hold you. I count you guys as dear friends, not merely uh, colleagues. So I want to thank you so much for just availing yourself and being a friend of mine in my life, somebody yes, that I can deeply confide in and have conversations that exceed or go beyond the surface. So yes, you're very, very, very down to earth person. Dexter and I have nothing but the most um, the loving, kind, affection and adoration for you. And, um, and thank you so much just for even thinking about even want to talk to me about whatever in front of your audience. Yes, sir. So um, um, my name is Rick Williams. And uh, as, as you mentioned, I'm a wealth coach. And but before anything, I'm saved. I love God. And uh, so I teach people the Bible. I teach it every day. I'm live every morning at 8 a.m. on um, Instagram. I've been live for 
the last three years on Facebook. Now I, I just switched over to Instagram because it's more business oriented, more people just that pay attention to business. And I don't just like to teach people things, but I like to see people do it. So, you know, Jesus said, now that you know these things, happy are you if you do them? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm a do it kind of cat, you know, and I like to be around do it kind of cats and catuses. <laughs> <laughs> that's <good. laughs> so that's my first thing. It's just I love yes, to sir. teach the Bible. So I teach wealth principles from the Bible because I believe that the Bible is the best book on earth and that it speaks very distinctly to the fact that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just and that a good man or a good woman leaves a heritage to their children's children. The Bible is very distinct about the opulence and about the uh, palatial living that the people of God should be having, you know, and I, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that it's correct because I believe in the Bible mm -hmm. and I'm thoroughly convinced that people have been taught some real country stuff, Dexter. When I say country, I just mean slow behind a bomb, homemade, made up scriptures that don't, that can't put cheese on a whopper <laughs> and just saying some stuff they heard somebody else say, and it's not biblical, you know, so I believe that we're supposed to be the head and not the tail, the lender, not to borrow above and not beneath. And that when our enemies come at us one way, that they have to flee seven ways. I believe those things are only true when you practice the principles of the Bible, because the principle of the Bible, they're like 600 pound gorillas. If right. you get in front of the principle, it'll beat the crap out of you. But if you get behind the principle, it'll beat the crap out of your enemy. And I now know about everybody that's listening, bro, but I want my enemies to fall in front of me. I don't want to be ate up by my enemies. I, I, I love the Lord because prepare a table before you right in the presence of your enemies. Yes, so that's what I do on a daily basis. As far as um, how I got to this point in 2015, I was working in a warehouse and, um, and I was working for $10 an hour and I was coming when it was dark and I was leaving when it was dark. And one day Dexter, they asked me what I sing the national anthem at the warehouse. They said, they came over to my table. They said, brother Rick, we heard you could sing. I said, I sing a little bit. They said, no, we heard you sing a lot of bit. I said, mm -hmm. all right. So we know what they asked me. They said, we need somebody to come and sing the national anthem because it's going to be no, it's going to be um, Veterans Day the very next day. So it was the day before Veterans Day in 2015. So I said, I, so I said, okay. So I went over and I tried out and they came back a little bit later and said, hey, you won, Rick. You're going to be the guy that's singing it. I figured I was going to win because when I went over there, it was a young guy trying to sing the national anthem, but he was singing, he sounded like Michael Jackson. And I was like, well, that just ain't matching. I, I think they want a grown man. <laughs> so, <laughs> he was like, oh, Sam, can you see I was like, oh, that, oh, that no. I don't think, think they're going to cheat for that. So, <laughs> so I went on over and I sang. But you know, Dexter, being a young man from the streets, all the changes I've been through, been locked up, know what it's like with the penal system, understand that you can be working one minute, get fired the next minute for nothing, mm -hmm. just be up under the thumb of corporate America. My God, I'm preaching to the choir because you know something about that. Huh? So I was like, so I, um, so I was so I got through singing and um, and the people were giving me high fives going through the warehouse talking about Rick, you're a star. What in the world are you doing working in a warehouse? Man, you're supposed to be on Broadway somewhere. And I was like, um, not excited because I was like, I understand the system. I know one minute you can be a hero and the next minute you can be a zero because you're on a plantation and you're up under the thumb of the plantation owner. The plantation owner can tell you to get lost anytime you want to because you're a slave. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, in law the word employer means slave and employee means and um, means slave master and employee means slave in law that's what those words mean wow. if you're defining them in law so i um that weekend on just like just like i was suspecting somebody calls me on the weekend like craig on friday on my off day called me and said rick don't come back to work monday i said why is that they said they're firing you doc i said fire me for what 
They said, I don't know, somebody stole something, some kind of frivolous excuse they gave me. I said, I didn't wow. steal it. I said, what they, what they got to do with me? Yeah. So they uh, unceremoniously dismissed me from the place. And I was like, what you mean to tell me? I'm singing a black, I'm singing a national anthem one week in front of a thousand people, the whole audience, everybody stopped what they're doing. And over the weekend, y'all telling me, oh, say, can you see your behind out of here? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Kicked me out like Craig, fired me on my off day, Dexter, like wow. Craig. So I went to the crib and I got home. And um, unfortunately, at the time, uh, Shantae was paying our bills. My wife then, Shantae, she was paying our bills. So I was like, uh, man, you know, I'm frustrated. I can't pay these bills. I'm used to having money. You know, life done got me, you know, at this point where I feel, you know, I was so low, I feel like I got to look up to see the bottom, you dig? And I'm like, man, it's got to be, you know, you know, something's got to give. So I was doing stage plays and we were helping a lot of people with our plays, but they didn't really make money. Yeah. So a young man came to one of our stage plays and he and he was just enamored. He said, hey, Rick, did you write that play? I said, yes. He said, did you hire those actors? I said, yes. He said, brother, you're a genius. You ought to be rich. I said, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> I said, bro, what you got in mind? He said, man, I can show you how to do some real estate deals with no money out your pocket. I said, that's phenomenal, bro, because I ain't got no money. Mm -hmm. I say, so you're still talking my language. I say, so what I need to do? So he gave me a couple of forms, showed me what I need to do. Well, Dexter, one thing I've learned about life is that you can you can always transfer one work ethic from one thing to another. That's right. Yeah. I mean, to be successful, you know, because you can't transfer lazy, right. you know. Now you can transfer it if you want to. If you're a bum and you want to stay a bum, but I'm talking about if you're somebody with some ambition, right. you can always transfer your work ethic, comparable to what happened to you in your life and how you went from one situation to a totally better situation because you were blessed enough to be fired. Some people need to be blessed enough to be fired. You know, right. Right. they don't even realize they don't even realize how blessed they are to be fired. First of all, Dexter, are you familiar with um, how the word fire even came about in history? The word fire came about as a result of when people first came to America. It was they would work for seven years as indentured servants. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the seven years, when they were released to their freedom, they would take the papers that they had, go out into the bond, get some get some fire and everything and make a little bonfire, throw the papers in there because they were firing themselves wow. from being slaves. Wow. So to get fired is really a release from slavery. Mm -hmm. I know I'm preaching to the choir now. Yes, you sir. feel like. No, I'm preaching to the choir now. I can hear you singing over there oh, uh, because you have been through the same thing. Yes, sir. You got fired, mm -hmm. you know, for no fault of your own, with good ambition, good work ethic, no fault of your own. Just the fact that the plantation owner can get rid of a slave whenever you get ready. Mm -hmm. So you probably didn't even realize you was a slave until the master fired you. You right. probably didn't even realize yeah. it, you know. Yeah. And uh, I knew at least I knew I was a slave because my job was petty. You had an amazing job and went around the country and around the world. So. It might have been you, you know, your slavery, but you was a house slave. See, that was the difference between you and me. I was a field slave, mm -hmm. so it was real obvious to me that I was a slave. You say, you say, Ricky, I'm interviewing you. What you talking about me for, bro? I'm talking <laughs> about, the, about me and you joined at the hip. I can't talk about me without talking about you. That's yes, how sir. close I am to you. Yes, so, so um, he came and he saw, you know, what what happened, and he gave me this advice about buying some real estate. So I took two two forms he had in two weeks. I went out and I did a deal and I made more money off of, off, off of one deal and they was going to pay me on a plantation for the whole year. Wow. So, so I was like, praise God. Now I'm on my way now. Mm -hmm. So then um, uh, I went and bought a house for $10,000 and I sold it for 45,000 in three days, you know, and then I went and I bought some more houses. Then I went and bought some more. Then I went and bought some more mm -hmm. and I never had to use none of my own money to buy any of them because I understood how to negotiate right. based on, based on the, on the information that this young man gave me. So then I started deciding, um, I said, wow, we're making a lot of money. We're making tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars off of these houses. 
you know, we're making more money off of one transaction than people make all year on their job. That's right. That's right. So I got to figure out what to do with this money. You know, I got to figure out how to make sure that people ain't that the IRX ain't waxing me because I don't like giving them all my money. I don't like working all hard like that for them. And then I started thinking about my daughter, Ebony. I said, she's my like my treasure, like my pride and joy. And um, she's the person that I want to really take care of business if anything happens to me. And I was like, you know what? I got to make sure that this money stay in the family. I'm not going to be working like this right. to be passing my money on to strangers. I'm not going to do it. You know, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter six and verse number one, it says it's amazing how God had given man riches, power, honor and everything. And then he turned around and leave it to a stranger. He, hey, the Bible said that that's a that's a common right. thing in my man and that it's a evil. It said it's an evil mm -hmm. disease. Yeah. You know, so I was like, man, I got a disease that's worse than COVID. I got a disease I got to get rid of. It's called give your money away to strangers disease. I'm saying, I said, I ain't chance for that. So I had to learn trust law. And so I decided to learn trust law. So I went and I met with my good friend, Tim Brown at the US Open. And I said, Tim, how do you operate, man? You're a multimillionaire, Hall of Fame and all of that. And he said, man, operate out of trust, Rick. I said, drop it like it's hot, Tim. Break it down like a fraction. Tell me what I need to do. So that's what he did. He broke it down like a fraction. He dropped it like it was hot. So I went out and I hired me a whole staff to make sure that me and everybody I know come up out of the 99 percentiles and come over to the one percentiles where this real money is made yeah. and that we learn how to operate out of trust, uh, which is why I've conveyed these ideas to you and your and your beautiful wife and uh, and all my friends. Anybody that I know that's close to me, I'm like, I'm going to let the, I'm going to tell it. <laughs> I'm going to tell it on the mountain. I ain't right. about to you know, be in a secret service business and know what I know. And then, so one thing led to another, and I ended up writing a book called uh, Control Everything But Don't Own Anything. So I ended right. up writing a book and ended up doing these challenges that we do now to teach people how to live like the one percentiles. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I've learned in life that um, life means nothing, in my opinion, if what you learn, you don't teach it. Right. So I ever right. live to learn and I ever live to, to teach what I've learned. I get out to bed in the morning for two reasons. First of all, to learn, because I can't teach nobody nothing if I don't learn nothing. And then second of all, to teach people what I've learned. That's what my whole life is about. Right. If um, that, that encapsulates the question that you asked me. It, it, look, it absolutely does. And guys, I know that you're listening. I know that you've already heard the power and the wisdom that this, this young man brings. And this is what I've been exposed to and a lot of other amazing people. And I just think it's, it's, it's just mind boggling at some of the information that I've been learning over the past couple of years uh, that I have learned from Rick. You know, Rick, you talk about that transition from being fired, then meeting the young man, and then all of a sudden you get information that essentially expedites your process. And I know one of the things that you've told me and told many others is that we have to know the era in which we live, and you have to be in the right rooms. Being in the right rooms are part of different masterminds. You can expedite your process. If you can just share with our listeners what that looks like, because Listening to you, you expedited your process, you got in, you transferred your work ethic from one area to another, and now you're just living a totally different life. And I would like for the listeners to, to find out what, what era we're living in so they won't, they won't miss the boat because this is very important. Well, just think about it. Um, we, if, you, if, you, if you break down money and the history of money in America, mm -hmm. you'll find out that if you go all the way back to the origins of America, if you go from like 1700 up until 1875, we live in what you call the agricultural age. The problem with people is that they're trying to make money today, Dexter, in a different age. In other words, they're trying to make money in a Flintstone age mm -hmm. when we live in the Jetsons age. You dig what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yabba dabba dabba, yabba dabba dabba, yabba dabba dabba dabba, 
do they live in in the Flintstone age when we live in the meat George Jetsons so they still living in ages that are gone that have gone past mm -hmm. and if you break down the history of money in America the history of working in America the history of commerce in America it goes back from the 1700s up until the 1875 it was the agriculture age that's where if you own the land you control the wealth thus you had people who would lord who would be lords over the land you would have peasants who would work the land and thus you have the term landlord because the people who own the land who lorded the land they were the rich people then from 1875 up until 1955 you had the industrial age that's where machines took over and you still had some folks who were still trying to live like um in a in an agricultural age and it just like, yeah. whoop, just went yeah. straight over their head mm -hmm. and then the industrial age came out so if you own the machines then you own the wealth and then from 1955 to 1974, you had the information age, or you had the um, the distribution age. Mm -hmm. So that's when people started distri distributing things like Walmart, Kmart, so forth and so on, and even multi-level marketing companies, mm -hmm. like the wonderful company that you work for. Yeah. You know, some people, they'd they be tripping, telling them, man, you're in a multi-level marketing company. I'm like, you're in a multi-level marketing company too. You just ain't getting none of the money. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> are, you, are you in a multi-level market? Like it's some kind of bad word or something. Yeah. Broke people, they just, I just get amazed at the attitude of broke <laughs> folks. I'm like, do you have like a broke folks dictionary or something? Or like, a, like, a, or like a broke folks favorite quotes or something like that? Right. Do you even have like a broke folks manual or something? Because the stuff y'all be saying, it'd be so doggone retarded. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you heard that from another broke folk. Why are you taking broke folk information? Your brokers, your broker mama, your broker sister, your broken aunt, your broken niece, your broken nephew. And they saying these things that stereotype stuff like it's something wrong with it. Right. One of the best things that can ever happen to a person is they get into a multi-level marketing company. They say we we'll call it something else so it then multi-level marketing partner. All right. Okay. <laughs> multi-level marketing. You ought to be trying to reach multi-levels in your mm -hmm. life. That's right. That's a beautiful thing. Multi-level. That's a beautiful thing. Marketing. Those are beautiful words. They have wonderful resonances to them. Yeah. multi-level mark is sexy i don't know what they're talking about all right <laughs> listening to your brokers and then somebody tell you something and it sounds like it's got some type of um stigma or something to it but only broke people got a problem with multi-level anything mm -hmm. because they don't want to grow that's why they stay in the same area yeah, and then they got a problem with marketing that's why they broke because all of us are in the marketing business i don't care what your business is yeah. you're in the marketing business and if you don't understand that then you can never be able to put cheese on a whopper so we got people that in the multi-level marketing age that's the distribution age that's from 1955 up until 1974 1978 then from the 1970s up until 1994 you had the technical age the technical age took place because of a, a meeting with bill gates and um, ibm a monumental meeting an incredible meeting where bill gates was able to sell a software called dos to ibm well, DOS wasn't even a product of Bill Gates. It was a product of another gentleman. Bill Gates bought it from that gentleman for $50,000 because that guy was like a Michael Jackson's concert. He sold out. He sold out for $50,000. And Bill Gates turned into the richest dude on, on the face of the earth because he told IBM people about to start computers in their house, start, about to start having computers in their house. Back in the day in a, in a, in a, when Bill Gates met IBM, wasn't nobody, didn't nobody have a personal computer. It was no such thing. Everybody had business computers. There was a big snake, Neanderthal machines that looked like monsters. Right. Mm -hmm. You walk into a room, you saw them in them old James Bond movies. Yeah, you yeah. dig what I'm saying? The old Sean Connery movies. You saw the big old crazy looking machines and stuff. But that's what well, that was the reality then. But something was about to happen. And I'm going someplace with this. I'm going to tell you where we are currently because something is already happening and some more amazing things are about to happen. And if you, you don't want to be like uh, the third person because there's three type of people in earth. 
people who know what's happening, people who make things happen, people who mm-hmm. watch things happen. And then uh, the last group of folk who don't know what's happening, they always in the last era dealing with the last thing because they like Teddy Pendergrass. They're just a great prophet, Teddy Pendergrass, a great song poet, Teddy Pendergrass. He told you about these old eras. Think you better let it go, let it go. <laughs> See, they still in an old era that's already behind, already happened. Ain't nothing happening in that era. We're not in the uh, in the agricultural age anymore. We're not in the industrial age anymore. We're not in a distribution age anymore, and we're not even in a technical age anymore because that that stopped in mm-hmm. 1994. So in 1994, we we began the information age. That's when Google came in. And you can start learning anything just by pressing a couple of buttons. Right. And then you can find out about all kind of information. So the information age just started in 1994 to about 2003. In 2003, we started the edu- edutainment age. All right. So it was the techno information age. That's when Spike Lee and that's when Russell Simmons got rich because people were educating people and entertaining them at the same time. And it became big money. So that happened all the way up to, into 2008. But in 2008, something unprecedented happened. And that's where we are currently right now in this unprecedented age. In 2008, Apple decided that they was going to do something to open up the, the windows of heaven and the floodgates yeah. of money around the world like you never seen a floodgate of money around the world before. I'm talking about the floodgates mm-hmm. of plenty, plenty of printed paper with pertinent presidents. I'm talking about Gallup and gold. Are you digging what I'm saying? Yes. The floodgates open up. And, what, and how did they open up? Apple said, listen, you, me, anybody who wants to, any, any regular civilian, if you make an app and we dig it, we'll promote your app and dig this. We'll give you 70% of the money. We only take 30%. So they they wow. created what? Yeah. A partnership. Yes. So they created the partnership age. So the age that we're in currently is the partnership age. So you need to pick your partners well in 2022. Mm-hmm. You're one of my partners. All right. Your wife, yourself and your wife, you're one of my partners uh, because you guys are worth partnering with. And because we entered into what you call a covenant. I mean, what people don't understand about partnerships, Dexter, is that a partnership is a covenant, not a contract. Mm-hmm. In law, a contract means that you sign it with, a, with your, that's your signature. And your signature is really, um, a signature in law really is the equivalent of death in law. A signature wow. is, in other words, yeah. it's, it's a dead pledge. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's what contracts are. A contract is I enter into a contract with you. You sign it, I sign it. Now you can't G me, I can't G you. Well, ain't too much love up in that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a thing that's going to stop you from being able to run me over. So that's the way people live. They don't live a life engaged with one another. They just mm-hmm. live living a life where you at least you can't run me over. Now, what what kind of crazy way? That's living like the invasion <laughs> of the body snatchers. There ain't no love in that. Yeah, there ain't no compassion is. in that. Ain't no juice in that. Ain't no energy in that. Ain't no wow. vitality in that. Yeah. It ain't no life in that. That's a dead way to live, but it's just a way to watch your back and mind. That's what a contract is. But a covenant, on the other hand, is written in blood. A covenant means that you cut off something. It means that you make decisions. Decisions mean that you DE, decide that you cut yourself off or from something. And um, side means to cut off and then DE means of or from something. So you decide to do things. Mm -hmm. So when you decide to have a covenant, that's when you enter the partnerships. So my partnership with you, Dexter, is that before I cross you, I die. That's our partnership. Yes, sir. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's only one way we're going to break up. I got to die. That's it. And there ain't no three ways of doing it. It's only one way something can happen to you while I'm in a room with you that and that's because they got me first yeah if I'm in a room with that's you, good somebody mm-hmm. shoot I'm gonna jump in front of you because we got a covenant wow covenant All covenant right. versus contract amazing here's the contract yeah I'm not gonna wait mm-hmm. for you to jump in front of me because my deal with you is it's my life for your life now if you if you're in covenant with me then you feel the same way about me mm-hmm. if you're in covenant with me mm-hmm. and it's your it's your life or my life too yeah. but 
um, when you enter, a, enter into a covenant with a person, you don't worry too much about whether they keep their end of the bargain. You worry about whether you keep your end because you entered into a covenant. That's my brother Jerome just came in. So, so you enter into a covenant and a covenant is different from a contract. The yeah. contract just means that we just signed some stuff, but a covenant means it's written in blood. That's why the song poet said, the blood that Jesus shed for me. He didn't say the ink that Jesus shed for me. He said the blood. He said the blood that Jesus shed for me <laughs> way back a long time ago on Calvary. He said the blood that gives me strength yes, from sir. day to day. It'll never, it'll never lose its power. He didn't say the ink that Jesus shed for me. He said the blood. So we're in a partnership age. That's where we are right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad to have you as one of my partners, brother. And my love for you is written in blood. Yes, sir. If that answers the question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Listen, I'm telling you, this, is, this has been amazing. What I want to do is I know people, they want to connect with you because they're going to get what I get every, every week, this kind of information, this kind of wisdom. So speaking of just being a wealth coach, can you let everybody know about the Financial IQ Challenge? That's something that I've been a part of for, for several months. It's absolutely amazing. Changed my life. If you can let people know how they can get in touch with you via the challenge and any other areas where they can connect with you, please let our audience know that. You guys write this down. It'll change your life. Okay. Well, this is what everybody needs to do who's listening to this podcast. You need to direct message Dexter. Uh, Instagram or what, whatever the easiest way it is for you to direct message Dexter because Dexter is an affiliate of our financial IQ program. Our next program comes up on the 28th of February until the 4th of March, but they need to contact you, Dexter, yes, because you are an affiliate and they know they need, if y'all want to talk to me, you need to talk to Dexter. All right. Mm -hmm. You need to go straight through him because we partners. All right. And I just got through telling you it's written in blood. Don't call me. Don't send me no messages. Send your message directly to my partner right here, and then he'll take care of you. And what will happen is that you'll be able to you'll be able to come to our challenge, and we'll slow walk you for five days mm -hmm. through the process of being able to create covenants, be able to create legacies, be able to get tax credits. There's two things that you'll learn from us that help make you more money you've ever made in your life. One of them is that we will teach you how to become private so that people can't invade your privacy. And then the second thing is that you'll learn how to get tax credits. Yeah. And, and that's going to change your life because every time you spend money, we'll show you how after you pay us, after you pay the IRS, and after you pay everybody, we'll show you how the money you spend this year, you'll get a check back for four times what you spent. And that's after all of, all of the fees been paid mm -hmm. to us. So if you're going to spend $100,000 this year, we'll give you a check back for $400,000. 400,000 potentially. And if you spend a million dollars, we'll show you how to get back $4 million better than any investments you're doing, yeah. better than any stocks, bonds, any of that kind of stuff that you're doing. And all you got to do is just fill out some papers and just do them right. And it's not even predicated on any type of investment or any type of real risk. It's just the way that you file what you file, because right. now you're going to understand what the one percentiles understand. And we're going to drop that information like it's hot because it's too hot for us. So we're going to drop it like it's hizzy if you decide you want to come out. <laughs> And if you want to get in touch with us to be able to reach that, to be able to come out there, they need to get in touch with you. Brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rick, I, I really appreciate that. And listen, out, so outside of the... Um, we got a song? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. We got oh, my brother okay. here. He said, he said we got a song. All right. We got, we got this, a this is an absolute treat. Yes, sir. How are you doing, sir? That's my brother. Uh, how about my brother right. Jerome, I'm doing excellent. Please. Thank you so much for joining us. So people always thinking, people always saying, uh, which one of y'all is oldest? So every time they say that, his face just lights up because, uh, you know, he just dig, he just dig this stuff. You know, I'll be like, y'all, you know, y'all stop, stop stroking a man like that. When I need a friend feeling kind of low, I'll just look up 
a little higher where the heavenly breezes blow when i see someone falling by the way i'll just stop take a little time and this is what i'll say he can be depended on and he can be trusted he's a friend indeed even when i'm not in need he's my guide in life in the middle of the darkest night when i'm all alone he can be depended on he can be depended on and he can be trusted He's a friend indeed, even when I'm not in need. He's my guide in the light, in the middle of the darkest night. And when I'm all alone, he can be depended on. And when I'm all alone, he can be depended on. Uh, what look what a treat i told you guys i told you it was gonna happen didn't know it was gonna be on this level i really appreciate that so he's gonna yes. take care of our mom he yes, takes sir. care of our mom seven days a week and uh he's a gentleman's gentleman and uh, a man among men takes care of our 89 year mother yes sir. and uh, so he's on his way to the hospital to double check on her as okay. we speak and that's why i'm in chicago because we are down here love you brother you all right man i'll talk to you soon so uh, that's why I'm down here in Chicago because we're checking on our mother. Yes, sir. Who, uh, raised, who raised seven children and Dexter, you know, sometimes you get a woman who raised seven kids and then you can't get seven kids to take care of one mother. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, uh, and, and, and that's, and that's something. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't going to happen on our watch, Doc. We down with her like four flat tires. So, yes, sir. so um, I didn't, I don't know where we are in the meeting here. But, well, uh, hey, listen, you, you guys <laughs> wrapped it up. And, and I know people. Uh, they can get in touch with me via the Financial IQ Challenge. But if they want to get in touch with you with any of the other services to get your book, uh, tell people how they can reach you. Either on what, do you have Clubhouse, a book you do all kinds of stuff. Do you have a book? Yes, do you sir, have I, do. A book with I do. Okay, so if you want to show them the book so they can see what, what we're talking about. Okay, but hold um, on. Yeah, hold on one second for me. You can go ahead and keep talking and I'll grab it. Okay, so um, you can reach me. I'm at Rick the Wealth Coach on Instagram. Just Rick, the wealth coach. And um, and our book here is called Control Everything, All Nothing, Secrets on How to Wealthy Legally Avoid Taxes and How to Wealthy Legally Avoid Lawsuits. And that's the book that I read, that I wrote my good friend, Tim Brown from the Oakland Raiders. Uh, he did my foreword for me. And you can learn, you can get a prelude to what it is that we teach and how you can live this way. So that's the best way of being able to reach me. Um, Instagram is the best way of being able to reach me. If you have any questions, any messages, I'd be glad to respond to those. Brother Dexter. Yes, sir. So listen, Rick, thank you so much for dropping some wisdom on us. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard from Mr. Rick Williams, the wealth coach. He's an absolutely amazing talent. So thank you guys for spending some time with us. Listen, Ty and I have a tagline. You guys, if you've been following us and listening, you know what it is, is we may not know you, but we know what's in you. We'll see you on the next broadcast. The